Good morning and welcome to worship on this Pentecost Sunday as the church rejoices in the gift of God's spirit which rushes upon us and blows through us, leading us into God's future. Welcome to all of you who are joining us for this time of worship. Welcome to those of you joining us on our OSL podcast, those of you watching through our YouTube channel, and to those of you joining us this morning on our radio broadcast. That broadcast is sponsored by Colleen Gifford Foxwell in honor of her daughter Michaela's 40th birthday. Thank you, Colleen, for that sponsorship and happy birthday, dear friends. I remind you that there is a bulletin available for this service on our website that you can download so that you can participate in our worship this morning. You'll find that on our online worship page uh, on our website at oslme.com. I invite you to light a candle in preparation for worship and also to gather some bread and some wine or juice as we will be celebrating Holy Communion a little while later in our worship service. Our worship begins this morning in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Refreshed by the resurrection life we share in Christ, let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We thank you, risen Christ, for these waters where you make us new, leading us from death to life, from tears to joy. We bless you, risen Christ, that your spirit comes to us in the grace-filled waters of rebirth, like rains to our thirsting earth, like streams that revive our souls, like cups of cool water shared with strangers. Breathe your peace on your church when we hide in fear. Clothe us with your mercy and forgiveness. Send us companions on our journey as we share your life. Make us one, risen Christ. Cleanse our hearts. Shower us with life. To you be given all praise with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God, now and forever. Amen. We sing together our gathering hymn this morning, O Day Full of Grace, hymn number 627 and we sing verses one through four.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Mighty God, you breathe life into our bones, and your Spirit brings truth to the world. Send us this Spirit, transform us by your truth, and give us language to proclaim your gospel through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. At this time, I invite you to join me and Denise Vick, our Director of Children and Family Ministry, for a children's message. Oh, hey, Denise. We're just getting things set up for worship. Oh, I'm right on time then. Right on time? For what? I'm here for Pentecost. Well, you're right that it's Pentecost, but what are you planning? And can I ask, what are all these things that you have on this cart? Well, these are my Pentecost party favors. They help me remember and explain and tell the story. How does that work? Well, in the book of Acts, we hear that the Holy Spirit came in like a great and mighty wind. Mm -hmm. Oh, look what I have. Let me guess. Tongues of fire. Exactly. Put it on. All right. Denise, what's the matter? Well, in the Pentecost story, it explains that people came from all over the, to go to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. And this map helps me remember not just the countries that those people came from, but all the countries in all the world that God's love spread to on and because of Pentecost. Okay, well, that makes sense. The pinwheel, that reminds us of the Holy Spirit arriving like a great wind. And the hats remind us of the tongues of fire that rested on top of the disciples' heads. And the map reminds us of all of those places that the Bible mentions. But Denise, I don't remember anything in the Bible story about balloons or party favors or a present. And I'm definitely sure Acts doesn't say anything about a cupcake. These are things that look like they're more for a birthday party. Yes, that's exactly correct. It's the birthday party for the church. Happy birthday, church. I'm a little confused. Could you say more? Well, yes, in the Pentecost story, after the Holy Spirit comes in like a great and mighty wind, the people started speaking the good news of Jesus in all, all, many, many languages, as many languages as there are countries. And then Peter gets up and then he goes on to explain and help everyone understand what just happened. And then 3,000 people were baptized and that is where the church began, the church's birthday. Okay, that makes sense, I get it. It's the church's birthday. And I see that you got the church a present. What did you get? Oh, I didn't actually get the church a present. God gave church the present. Uh, go ahead and open it. See what's inside. Ooh, a present. 
It's a dove. That's one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit is the gift that God gives to all of us on Pentecost. Before Jesus returned to the Father, he promised to send an advocate, a helper, someone to help us understand and share the word and share God's love with others and the good news. And so the Holy Spirit came rushing in upon all of God's people and it got the whole church started. And God continues to give us the Holy Spirit today. At every baptism, God's presence to the newly baptized is the Holy Spirit so that the whole church is filled up with the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that continues to lead us forward in those ways of Jesus. It really is the church's birthday today, the day that the church began. So, Denise, what do you think is the best way to celebrate the church's birthday? Should we start by eating the cupcake? Oh, I don't know. I think the best way to celebrate the church's birthday is to share the good news of Jesus with others and show them God's love. Okay, that's a better idea. But after that, can we eat the cupcake? Oh, happy Pentecost and happy birthday, church! Our first reading this morning comes from Acts. Originally, Pentecost was a Jewish Thanksgiving-type festival celebrated seven weeks after Passover. On this particular Pentecost, however, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the entire community of believers, just as Jesus had promised and the scriptures had prophesied. Empowered by the Spirit, the entire community bears witness to God's activity in multiple languages. A reading from Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. 
Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. By pouring the Holy Spirit into our hearts, God gives us the promised first fruit of eternal life so that we await God's future in hope. In the meantime, the Spirit also intercedes for us by carrying the prayers of our weak human hearts to God. A reading from Romans. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. We sing together our gospel acclamation, the Celtic Alleluia. Our gospel this morning are some of Jesus' last words with his disciples before his death. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, the Advocate will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to the one who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send the advocate to you. And when the advocate comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for the spirit will not speak on his own but will speak whatever he hears and will declare to you the things that are to come. The spirit will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. For this reason, I said that the spirit will take what is mine and declares it to you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Amen. Well, grace and peace to you on this Pentecost Sunday. I am sure you are all wearing red to celebrate, maybe in the form of pajamas this morning. It is odd to be recording my sermon here at home alone, save for my cat, and she's not wearing red, by the way. And it feels even more odd than what has become sort of typical because Pentecost Sunday, as Pastor Sarah and Denise reminded us in the children's sermon this morning, Pentecost Sunday, is often thought of as the birthday of the church, and most birthday parties have a few more guests present. And yet, if Pentecost is all about the work and promise of the Holy Spirit, breathing through us and in us, enlivening our faith and empowering our service, coaxing our advocacy and our work for justice, connecting us together as a body of Christ, then from one living room to the next, our physical distance this year only emphasizes the work the Holy Spirit is up to, always up to in our lives of faith, especially in the ways the Spirit connects us together, even when we're physically distanced. In our gospel, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for his absence with the promise of the Holy Spirit continuing to be at work. So too in our living rooms this morning, the work of the Holy Spirit is abundant breathing, coaxing, inspiring, convicting, nurturing, challenging, connecting you and me and us together today. And this whole past year, throughout this pandemic, throughout our collective sacrifice of refraining to gather in person for the sake of one another, for the sake of our one another's one another's, for the sake of our greater community, the Holy Spirit has continued to be at work in us. God has remained present with us. Just like that first Pentecost, as told in our reading from Acts. Just like the way Paul describes the Spirit in our second reading, who helps us in our weakness and intercedes with us with sighs too deep for words. Just like the promise Jesus proclaims in our gospel of our Spirit helper advocate who will guide us into bold and honest faith so too the Holy Spirit is our helper advocate here and now, inspiring us with faith, coaxing us with hope, spurring us toward compassion and mercy, blowing us over and convicting us when we fall short of our callings to work for justice and peace and healing in our world. No matter where we are, no matter how we worship, the Spirit moves us to live as disciples 
in and for the world. That is what the Spirit does. And in being part of worship today, wherever you are, that is what the Spirit is up to for you, too. Wind and fire are the metaphors used in Acts to describe the Holy Spirit, powerful forces that change most everything they come in contact with. As we gear up to return to in-person worship, as our greater community and our greater culture is opening up to, we have this excitement for returning to normal. But I think that is actually neither possible, nor do I think that should be our goal. For our experience of this global pandemic has changed us. We have lost loved ones. We've lost that sense of safety, even if it was a false one. We've lost many of the norms and ways of living that we once took for granted. We are not the same. We have learned new habits and practices, some better, some worse. And no matter how nostalgic we may be for what once was, we simply can't return to the past because it is, well, the past. We are not the same that we were one year ago. We have all been changed through this pandemic. It is natural. It is in our human nature to be nervous and afraid and fearful of what may be lost. We homo sapiens aren't always so good at change in general. But forward is the only direction we have to choose. And the promise of God is that the Holy Spirit will actually be active and at work in us and will lead us forward too, blowing like the wind, burning in us like a fire of life and passion and hope. Throughout the Old Testament, when people of faith thought about God, they thought of the wind because the wind was like God, invisible, mysterious, powerful. They didn't know the wind was composed of oxygen and nitrogen. They didn't know that it was the result of changes in temperature. To them, the wind was sheer mystery. In fact, they actually called God the wind. The Old Testament name for God is Ruach. Ruach, which means wind, breath. In the beginning, there was the earth. The earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God, the wind of God, breathed across the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created man and breathed into man. He ruached into man, the breath, the ruach of life. The Jews called God the wind because while they couldn't see God, they could see the effects of God. Fire, too, changes everything it touches. And once a fire really gets going, it's nearly impossible to put out. The work of the Holy Spirit is like that, too. You've seen it in people of faith, passionate in their service and their generosity, in their work for justice and their advocacy. When the church is truly being the church, just like fire, it leaves a mark in the world. It makes an impact. Of course, fire can also be a force of destruction. Fire can burn out of control in ways that are devastating. This too has been true at times in our Christian history as the church, as individual Christians, and in the name of God, Christians throughout history have injured, excluded, condemned, killed in God's name. One of my former colleagues once said that some of the most important work of pastors in the church is putting out fires and then starting new ones. Putting out the destructive or petty fires and starting ones that have greater purpose, that seek to follow the one in whose name we gather. If you take a moment to glance at Facebook, there 
is ample evidence of how easily people can get fired up about certain causes or issues in politics and society and the church. But the question we must always ask ourselves as disciples is this, am I feeding the right fire? Am I a fire with the spirit of God or am I just on fire? That question is not always easy to answer because we can feel really strong emotion that's misdirected by self-interest, fear, prejudice, whether we recognize it or not. That's why we so desperately need one another to help us temper those fires that don't bear life and hope and healing. That's why we need regular doses of scripture to help us ask hard questions of ourselves and our purpose. That's why we need honest mentors and wise leaders in our lives and in the church to help inform our thinking, like the wisdom provided by social statements that have been adopted by the ELCA, collective wisdom to guide and inform our individual and collective conscience. I invite you to check out the ELCA website for those social statements if you would like to learn more. It's wonderful information and guidance for deeper thinking for all of us. On Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit descended on all believers as a uniting force of wind and fire that connected them, that enlivened them, that inspired them with hope and promise for a new beginning. As we come through this pandemic, the Holy Spirit does the same for us, connects us, enlivens us, inspires us with hope and promise for a new beginning too. May we feed the fire of faith, the fire of compassion, the fire of generosity and service. May we heed the winds of God that blow us toward mercy and justice for all those we are called to love and serve. And whatever the future may hold, may we trust May we trust firmly that God will be there with us in it, burning and blowing and breathing and loving and uniting us as the body of Christ in and for the world. Thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit at work. Amen. We join together in singing our hymn of the day, Gracious Spirit, heed our pleading, hymn number 401, and we sing verses 1 through 3.
Alive in the risen Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we bring our prayers before God, who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. After each petition we sing, the Spirit intercedes for us, hymn number 180. Gracious God, you give the Holy Spirit to your church, filling it with many and varied gifts. Strengthen your church throughout the world in our visioning and dreaming that it may discover anew the Spirit's creative work. God of life, your mighty works are too numerous to count. The earth is full of your creatures, living things both great and small. Provide the necessities for all of life to flourish. Send your spirit over the face of the earth. Send your spirit into our hearts that we might honor and care for our earth and all of creation too. We pray to the Lord. nations. At the sound of the rushing wind, people speaking different languages proclaimed and heard together your deeds of power. Fill the leaders of all nations with your Holy Spirit so that they exercise your gracious will in the lives of people. As your Spirit descended upon those gathered in Jerusalem at Pentecost, so now pour out your Spirit on all those living in the Holy Land. Bring an end to the violence and hostility that all may live in safety and in peace. We pray especially for our sisters and brothers in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Jordan and the Holy Land. God of faithfulness, you tend to the needs of your people, even the size of our hearts. Hear those who cry out to you in distress. Restore to wholeness all who are in need this day, especially Pastor John Michelson, Deb Johnson, Mary Buzalaki, Jim Holt, Richard Ninas, and the families of Carol May and Esther Jetrin. We pray to the Lord. The Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words to express. Oh, the Spirit intercedes for God of love, fill this congregation, our Savior's Lutheran Church, with gratitude for the gifts we have received from you. Renew our ministries, heal our divisions, and open us to the needs of our neighbors. Guide us in our continued planning to return to in-person worship that we might do so safely and faithfully. God of hope, those who have died in you raise their eternal song of praise. We give you thanks for the many gifts of your people and rejoice in the witness of your saints, 
especially Carol May and Esther Jetron. In the hope of new life in Christ, we raise our prayers to you, trusting in your never-ending goodness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray to the Lord. The Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words to express. Oh, the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words to express. Oh, Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. I invite you to share a sign of peace with those with whom you are gathered as we send our greetings of peace to you and as we greet one another here. Peace be with you. A word of thanks to you all for your continued generosity for the ways in which you have supported the work of helping those in need in our community here in Menominee and through our work and ministry at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. That support is vital as we continue to walk and follow in the ways of Jesus and continue the work that he has begun among us. That work continues, and we welcome your offering and support of that ministry and work. You can send your offering to our church office or use the online giving option that you will find on our website at oslme.com. If you have not already done so, I invite you to go now and gather some bread and some wine or juice as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. We sing together our offertory, Let Us Talents and Tongues Employ, hymn number 674. Let us pray. God of love, you call us beloved children and welcome us to your table. Receive our lives and the gifts that we offer. Abide with us and send us in service to a suffering world. For the sake of your beloved child, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people 
for the forgiveness of sin, do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We are connected together from one living room to the next in this meal. We are fed, enlivened, inspired, empowered to become that which we are fed. The love and grace of God, the body of Christ in and for the world. The body of Christ is given for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. I invite you now to share this meal with those you're gathered with or to receive this gift, these promises yourself. As you do so, we hear an offering of special music from Michaela Gifford. She will play for us, Come Holy Spirit, Our Souls Inspire.
Thank you, Michaela, for that beautiful offering of special music this morning. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Wellspring of joy through this meal, you have put gladness in our hearts. Satisfy the hunger still around us and send us as joyful witnesses that your love may bring joy to the hearts of all people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We welcome our kids' choir now to share with us our benediction. I want to take this moment to share a couple of announcements with you, the ministers of OSL. The first is a reminder that we will be returning to in-person worship on June 13th. The space will be limited and a sign-up is currently required, and that sign-up will open up on June 1st. You can contact the church office to get your name on the list. I remind you that during this time, we are here for you, your church staff, your pastors, your parish nurses. If you wish to speak with one of us, you can find our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We'd love to be able to connect with you and offer a word of comfort or prayer. We sing now together our sending hymn, God of Tempest, God of Whirlwind, hymn number 400.
Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in peace. Share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia.